0: Welcome to stage appropriate. with you know? And Katie. Yeah. We
1: talk about musicals. Yep. That's all you need to know.
0: Yeah. And I, she didn't just find me somewhere and take me and was like, "I'm podcasting with well, you actually, now." Actually, I
1: need to talk to you about that. <gasps> it seems I am like her
0: the daughter. right time to
1: have that conversation. I just found you <laughs> outside a theatre. <laughs> like a little street urchin from oliver you
0: were just out there singing where is love (laughs) and i was like i'm here don't worry come and do a podcast you could just sense that i was a legend Oh yeah, cool! But <laughs> right, before we get into today's that's episode properly,
1: we've got some breaking news, and it's about Juno. Now, if you've listened to our previous episodes of this podcast, you'll know there's a certain musical that Juno was taken to see when she was too young, six. and she didn't like it. And then the musical wasn't six.
0: No, I was six.
1: Juno was six. Maybe
0: the musical was too young as well. And the musical was <laughs> too young.
1: No, that's that's oh. not the name of it. What? It was is. Oh. oh my god, I'm going to take you back to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> probably another
0: urchin will be better
1: that's at not, podcasting that's not where I came from Juno saw Les Mis when she was sick and she hated it and we did yep. a podcast about it where she just complained and then what's happened now Juno you explain it mummy Juno
0: likes Les Miz. yeah
1: and she wants to see it again I do and she's been singing on my own for about an hour and a half
0: not an hour and a half it's quite a
1: long time so this no, like, is a good
0: lesson to us all, that you can minutes. think you really
1: hate something and that it's boring and bleak and that everybody yeah. dies, then you can realise that those things are true, apart from the boring bit, and it's still fine. That's how I felt about Thomas Hardy, The not the not Tom Hardy the actor, Thomas Hardy the writer, who I didn't like when I had to read him at Union.
0: Now um, I love him. Ooh,
1: anyway. Wait, what? Never mind. Never mind. So we might even go yeah. and
0: see Les Mis again,
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that she's come around to my way of thinking.
0: Who? I can see into one of your hot Funko figures heads and it just springs it I don't think anyone needs to know that do you know which musical are we actually discussing aujourd'hui that means today guys the king and I that's the wizard and I that's from totally Wicked not but it's right. the king and I that's, I like that mash up the king and I
1: yeah cool uh, we saw the king and I it's the Lincoln Theatre production that's currently touring the, touring the UK before it transfers to London later on in the year I think uh, We saw it at the Alhambra in Bradford, which we love. Yeah. Shout out to the Alhambra. We went to a weekday matinee and it was during the school holidays, which usually means loads of kids. How many kids were there at the King and I, do you know? Me. And the ones on the stage. Yes, the ones on the stage. I think I was the second youngest person in the audience. (laughs) I really enjoyed. It was definitely an older crowd, wasn't it? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was exciting. Lots of phones going off. I think there were five separate occasions where someone's phone rang really
0: like loudly. Do old like, people
1: not know how to
0: turn who off
1: their phones? Has their ringtone on these days? I mean, what even is that?
0: And there were like first aid people. Yeah, and there was stuff. like a there medical was... emergency, mm. so
1: the second half started late. And this is the, clearly this is just what happens when the average age of the crowd is 85. It was definitely <laughs> like the oldest average age oh. of audience that we've ever been in. It was interesting. Yeah. But it wasn't like the bodyguard when Juno was the only child there. And we look around and we think, oh dear. Whereas with this, King and I is totally fine. There wasn't even any swearing in it. Was
0: it because like Helen George was in it and she's from Call the Midwife and old people watch Call the Midwife? Right, I think sometimes. we should stop using the phrase old people.
1: <laughs> but yeah, people no, like, like Helen George was you can't indeed watch it, it if you're not old, but and we've never seen Call the Midwife. No. Not interested in watching it. Daddy wouldn't want to watch it because it's got costumes in. As far as I'm aware, other people in, it's <laughs> Huge not a documentary. Dresses. So a lot of people in this audience were like eager to see Helen George, and it was quite funny because we were like, "Well, we don't know who she is." She was good, though. She was good. She was very well cast. I think her voice was perfect for mm-hmm. these two songs. Like you wouldn't put her in "We Will Rock You" or Anne Juliet" or something, or "Hamilton,"
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. You could have her Wicked. Yeah,
1: she could do Wicked. We're just casting it here. Don't worry, Helen George, we've got your whole career mapped out for you. It's all good. So she wasn't doing all the shows in the week, was she? So the people behind us before it started were like, oh, apparently she's not, oh, I hope she's on today. And they were getting a bit stressed about it. You're
0: always eavesdropping on the people behind us. Yeah, but well, they're all always talking. Well, so are we. Yeah. So the people in front of us are always eavesdropping. <gasps> the person in front of us was eating a wrap from Starbucks. During the show? Before it started. Okay. And a bit during the show, yes. Outrageous behaviour. I know! Anyway, so
1: should we talk about the and show? And she made a mess.
0: Made Did a she? mess with that rap. Outrageous. Yes. <laughs>
1: Depending on your age and how much musical theatre you're exposed to in your life. You might or might, might not have seen You might not have seen The King and I. It's another one, it's another Rogers and Hammerstein. Uh, Show along with the likes of Oklahoma and Sound of Music.
0: It is kind of like the Sound of Music a little bit. It does have...
1: Actually, you could explain the similarities, couldn't you? No? Um,
0: I could try. It was a
1: film that had Yul Brynner in as the king. And again, it's another weird one that my sister and I watched all the time as children. And again, as I've said before, I think we just thought that's what everybody did. Well, I did Uh, anyway. I just assumed everyone... Went home from school and watched Rogers and Hammerstein musicals, but apparently they were all watching like Fun House or something.
0: Shout out um to my friend Ava. Um she really likes The King and I apparently. And oh, she's seeing it.
1: Yeah. As we record this, she's going to see it tomorrow, isn't she?
0: Oh yeah. It's
1: exciting. So obviously it's made its way down to Essex this week.
0: Yeah, and she um really likes the film. The film is really good. I've not I've seen not it, watched for it.
1: Absolutely years. It's been a really long time since I watched The King and I. So I wanted to go and see it because I saw it. When I was much younger, we went on a family outing to see it when I was a kid to London. Okay, so it starts with this woman called Anna Owens. It's set during Victorian times, but is not it? in England. Yeah, they said something about Queen Victoria, didn't they? And like, you can see from the massive dresses that she's wearing. Uh, her husband's died. She's been living in Singapore, her and her little boy, whose name is Louis. And at the start of the show, they're heading to what was then called Siam and what is now Thailand.
0: If you've watched Hank Zipser, you might remember the episode <laughs> the curtain went up, my trousers fell down, where they do a play of the King and I. They called it the King of Siam, but they're the same. thing. I
1: have some questions. Is the episode called the curtain went up, my trousers fell down, or are you just revealing yes. a life no, story? no, that's <laughs> what happened. Okay, because
0: that sounds really on stage, Nick McKelty ran oh, across not and Nick McKelty pulled his pants down I wearing an guy. elephant
1: costume. I hate Nick McKelty. He's yeah, so annoying, and
0: he was dressed up like an elephant, which was just so stupid. Yeah, there was
1: a cuddly toy of an elephant in the merch stand but there weren't actually any elephants in the no. show there was a bit where the king said he was going to send elephants to Abraham Lincoln
0: yeah maybe that's why
1: <laughs> I'm going to continue with the plot now so hey, Anna Owens has turned up in Siam because she's been Anna. hired by the king of Siam also known as the king he's the king of the title Anna is the I
0: <laughs> <laughs> just in case anyone's the wondering so there he is wants, no I in Anna he has
1: decided that first Siam no to we kind of have a role in the modern world They need to be closer to, like, English-speaking society. So other countries, this isn't going to be a history lesson like the Sylvia episode, because I don't know as much about this. He has seen, like, the countries around him are being, like, colonised by countries like France, and he doesn't want that to happen to Siam. So he thinks by him and other people in Siam learning English, they can build ties with England, I think, because England was still a really big deal at the moment with Britain, like the British Empire. And obviously America Uh was becoming more influential so he thinks if i speaking he speaks english if all my wives speak english he's got loads of wives and like 65
0: children he or something. he speaks english already a bit
1: yeah but he wants everyone to speak english and that's why anna's coming over so her idea is she's gonna live in a little house next to the castle next to the palace that is going to be built for her and her son. And then she's going to work in the palace, teaching the wives and the children. So she gets there and straight away finds that that promise has been broken. And then she spends so long going on about this house, doesn't she?
0: Yeah. So
1: the king and the prime minister, who doesn't like her at all for some reason, they say, no, you can just live in the palace. Like, why wouldn't you want to live in a palace? And she spends the whole of the first half wanging on about this house. But then she finally does get, doesn't she? I think at the end of the first half. Yeah, she's
0: making a point. There's not really like a massive plot to the show, is there? So it's kind of about... Oh, there's this... One, the oldest one of his um, children is... Prince um,
1: Kong, A prince, and
0: he's so dramatic.
1: He's a very extra. He's the yeah. eldest son, so he's the he's heir. He's like,
0: hmm, swishing about my capy thing. <laughs>
1: and like really shouty. The key thing is like the relationship between Anna and the king. So to start off with, they're sort of at odds with each other. They don't get on. If
0: this kind of sounds like the Sound of Music, yeah, I know, right? It's a
1: very similar vibe to Maria and Captain Von Trapp, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Except and all the Von Trapp children.
1: Yeah. yeah, but the the children in Siam aren't like resistant to her, are they? To start off, with. although some of the things, so should we see her teaching them? She shows them a map of the world, and they're really offended to find that Siam's really small. and yeah. That they just think that's wrong, and they've been taught that the Earth is carried on the back of a great turtle. I remember this from the film as well. Uh, which is a thing people used to believe in some parts of the world, I think. You know, like, people used to believe the world was flat. Some people still believe that. So she t- teaches them all this stuff. And some of it, they're like, no, we don't like that. But she persists in teaching them it. So gradually, like, she builds a really good relationship with the wives. She builds a really good bond with the children. And they all love her. They call her Mrs. Anna.
0: And Oh, um, so the king has been, like, bought someone as a he's been, gift. He's
1: been given a woman as a yeah. gift. So and she's, like, essentially a slave, isn't she?
0: Yeah, Tup Tim. she loves someone else.
1: Yeah, so throughout the show we see Tup Tim and her boyfriend. What's his
0: name Lao Tang or something?
1: I know. They meet in secret and sing big ballads to each other. And in the second half, there's this whole thing of, like, someone from Britain. I don't know if he's, like, an ambassador or something, but he comes to Siam for, like, a formal thing and they try and teach the wives and the children like how to dress like western people and speak English and dance in that same way because they're trying to show like Siam isn't he the king doesn't want people to think he's a barbarian
0: which some people have said or something yeah
1: like obviously because of like racism and stuff so he wants everyone to think Siam is this amazing developed country and the way to do that is to show that it's like England which seems ironic living in England but there you go and at the ball so they have this whole thing the guy who turns up is like some old boyfriend of Anna's from long ago but that's not really developed into anything interesting
0: but the interesting and the king's like competing with him yeah the and thing- there's this whole thing about how the king's head should always be higher than anyone else's and because um, she's wearing this big puffy dress, sometimes he just he, like lies on the floor to mess with her, and she's like, and then she just lies on her back because she can't be bothered. It to is, try it's and funny, isn't it? Out. Yeah, the way
1: it's on. The king's very childish a lot of the time. Yeah. We've discussed in our Sylvia episode about people being really stubborn, and you definitely see that here with the king and the crown prince and Anna. Like, there's a lot of very stubborn people in this story. The key thing that happens when the British people are visiting is that Top Tim has written a play. And it's based on the book Uncle Tom's Cabin like dream by Harriet Beecher Stowe, which was a novel written in the 19th century. And it kind of shone a light on slavery and how bad it was. And I think it's felt to be like one of the significant things that like helped people realise that slavery was bad, like reading Uncle Tom's Cabin. Tim, obviously, having been given like an object to a person, obviously relates to the story. And so she seems really stupid. Like she's got this plan to run away with her boyfriend. But just before she does that, she has to put on this play... Where she has a go about masters keeping slaves. And it's so obvious that it's about the king. And then even though it's so obvious at the end of it, and it goes on for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And you're right, it is like a dream ballot. And that is a thing that you get sometimes in these sort of musicals. There's one in Oklahoma as well, which you'll see, Juno, when we go and watch that.
0: We're not going to. You said that you wouldn't take me. <sighs>
1: Fine. This is why she's decided she a likes Is A promise is a
0: promise. Oh. But I like Matilda. That. Didn't they say that in this? No, that's Matilda. Yeah, okay, but didn't they
1: say something about a promise is a promise? Like as in him promising to give her a house? I think so, yeah. I think it's in both. At the end of the little dream ballet thing, Topton has like a massive run directly out the king. So it's then, in case anyone was sat there going, oh, this is a bit awkward. I wonder if this is meant to be about the king. At the end, she's like, this is about you! he's like oh and then she tries to run away but she gets caught and then then the whole thing which the up to that point the play the show's been sort of charming and funny yeah and then she gets brought back and like beaten and we find out that her boyfriend's dead and then anna has a go at the king and he has a heart attack and then at the end of the show he dies and then Prince Chulalongkorn has to take over. And, it's and he's
0: like, like, I don't oh. think people should bow. He's <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> dramatic. He's like crying
1: about it. People should not bow. And you're like, all right, well, just say that. It's, but you're the king. You can do what you want anyway. So actually, it's quite a weird story, isn't it? Yeah. At least with Sound of Music, you get the kind of motivational bit at the end where they run away from the Nazis over the mountains and there's like nice music. Whereas yeah. in this, it's like, oh, the king's dead. And you're like, oh, okay, that's <laughs> bleak. <laughs> And it demonstrates how little I remember the film because I assume that must happen, but I don't remember it. <laughs> Maybe we just never watched the end in friends Phoebe's mom, when she was when Phoebe was a child, used to like cut out all the bits in films that were sad, so like Phoebe never knew that Bambi died or any of the sad stuff that happens in children's films ever happened. Maybe that was my childhood. Maybe we just never watched the sad bit. We watched Laman Bambi died it was three minutes longer yeah, when you were really little, we were watching Bambi, and I had to go downstairs to the kitchen to sort something out for tea and when I came back Bambi was dead and you were about three and you just looked at
0: me like what the hell
1: <laughs> how could you leave me to watch Bambi? I was like oh man and my parenting's been downhill ever since. <laughs> oh, Do wow. you
0: think that was motivation?
1: <laughs> I don't know maybe it was. <laughs> so Juno what did you think of this show?
0: That it was nice I liked it.
1: <laughs> Anything more sophisticated than it was nice I liked it? What did you like about it? What were the things that, like now a week and a half later, that still are in your brain?
0: Something that we've kind of forgotten to mention is Louis and the Prince. They're like friends.
1: Yeah, that's not a massive part of it, is it? No. But they sing that song together.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't remember which. Song. Oh, a puzzlement.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anything else?
1: Costumes set. Her dresses were huge. Dresses were huge. I, what I liked about it was obviously it's uh, as like I say it's oh, a like link. Oh, like
0: when she was trying to put them on the other ones and they were all struggling and one of them like got stuck in the big skirt. Thing. Oh, the
1: corsets and yeah. stuff, yeah, and the big like petticoats, yeah. I liked the fact that it was quite a lavish production. Right, so right, sometimes when stuff comes around on tour, for example, the bodyguard, I would imagine they were able to fit Short-time the set thing. of the bodyguard like in the back of someone's car. Because it was... I actually know, like, the cabin set was good, wasn't it? But most of it was literally just done with, like, some big curtains, wasn't it? And, like, the table. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool, but a lot of the time when shows come round on tour, they scale down the set a huge amount because obviously it's too expensive to transport like it and store yeah. it. There were pillars, there was, like, she had a big blackboard. So I suppose there wasn't really that much set, but I felt like what I Maybe it was because there were quite a lot of people on stage a lot of the time. Yeah. So it always felt like there was a lot going on. It wasn't like one of those musicals that we uh, mention all the time but haven't done an episode about where there's not much going on and it seems a bit sparse on stage. And the costumes were really fabulous. So the big dresses, so the, at the time that the show set in like the, I don't know, the mid-19th century, I think, the fashion was these enormous skirts. And I think the idea of it was just to hide everything that's like the bottom half of a woman's body. So she has her shoulders showing,
0: mm-hmm. then like which this some of the, huge
1: the king's wives find really shocking that she's showing her shoulders. But then she's got a skirt that you could literally fit a village under. You could fit the palace under that skirt. It's huge. It's insanely big. Like, how would you even sit down? Oh, there's a really funny bit where she had to sit on a little stool and she actually, like, stepped over it. So the stool was underneath the skirt and then she just lowered herself down. So the stool was totally hidden. I was like, that's hilarious. I'd love to do that. So the costumes were amazing. Like The costumes that the wives were wearing and the children, I really liked their costumes. So I feel like a lot of attention and money has been put into that. I'd be interested to know how the set and stuff is going to change when it transfers to London, to see if they're going to have a bit more going on there. Maybe. Should we just talk about songs?
0: Yeah, songs. So the first one is The Overture.
1: I love overtures. I said this with the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang episode, didn't I?
0: Yeah. I
1: like an overture and an entreact. I like that whole thing where you kind of settle into your seat and hear some of the... Bits of music that you're going to be hearing in the show. I always enjoy that. Just really makes me feel like I'm at the theatre.
0: Then it's, you are at the theatre. That should be enough to make you feel like you're at the theatre. I really
1: just, oh, I don't know. Then there's I Whistle a Happy Tune. Whenever I feel afraid, I whistle a happy tune. Juno asked me the other day uh, when she was like on a swing, what can you do to stop yourself from feeling afraid? I was like, mate, what was the point of going to see The King and I if you're going to ask this kind (laughs) of question? So Louis asks, I think his mum, if she's scared of going. Because the captain of the ship as well is like, you absolutely should not be going to Siam. It's no place for a woman. It yeah. was really like, no, this is a bad idea. So she sings Whistle a Happy Tune. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just a nice, sweet song, isn't
0: it? Yeah. It, and then
1: again, in the sound of music style, it's like yeah. um, favourite things, isn't
0: it? Yeah. And then there's Tup Tim. It says who sings it. I don't just remember this. She
1: sings this really like operatic. My
0: Lord and Master songs. Does
1: she? Yeah. Um, when she arrives, and obviously it's very evident that she doesn't really want to be there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then there's Hello Young Lovers, which is Anna. And she sings a reprise of that again later, doesn't she? Yeah. Then there's... Well, hang on. Let's
1: talk about Hello Young Lovers because I, I remember, don't remember that it. from childhood. Where she's like, hello, young lovers, wherever you are. I know what you're thinking. Why am I not in this show? It's because I'm not in Call the Midwife. I, uh, yeah, I met a midwife. Met a couple. Does that qualify me? So yeah, Anna sings that song to show that, because she then becomes like an ally to Tup Tim and Lao Tang, doesn't she? Yeah. She helps them sort of sneak off together. And it's because she has lost her husband. So I think she's kind of living vicariously through them and their love story because she sings, I had a love like yours. So, yeah, that's why she's helped. She's a romantic.
0: The March of the Siamese Children. (laughs) That sounds really weird. That's just by the orchestra. Yeah. So the king's got loads and loads of
1: children. Is it 65 at the start? And then he gets some more by later on in the show because the show takes place over the course of a year or a couple of years. But it's only his favourite wives and his favourite children who are getting to have lessons to start off with so there's like maybe eight or ten children he's got like
0: loads of wives
1: yeah but the kids are really cute aren't they Mm -hmm. i thought they were really good but you see through that music like they all come in don't they and they have to present themselves to anna but they also all bow to the king yeah so you get to see how their relationship with him as their dad is quite it's something that we think of as being quite weird
0: yeah he's
1: the king first before he's their father isn't he yeah
0: yeah then there's a puzzlement, which is
1: the king. That's such a funny song. So you notice at the start, like again, this is something that I remember so clearly from watching it as a kid. She Anna says et cetera to him and he's like, what is this, et cetera? And she says, oh, it means and all the rest and so forth, your majesty. Someone's going to hear this and cast me, I think. And then I'll get to wear a massive skirt and waltz Kay. with the king. And then he says it all the time throughout the whole show. He just keeps going, et cetera, et cetera. And it's uh-huh. funny. And he sings a puzzlement. Which is about all the things that confuse him. He's really funny. I think the character of the king is, as said afterwards, I think that he's like, he's a little bit like a toddler because he has these sort of violent changes of mood and he's really playful, but then also gets really angry. And his responses to things are quite funny, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Then there's the Royal Bangkok Academy.
1: That's when they're singing about being the school, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Getting to know you.
1: Musical theatre <laughs> fans will know this yeah. song "Getting to Know You," getting to know all about you. So you usually get Juno singing, and you're being treated to a bit of my singing today. How lovely for everyone! Anna <laughs> sings this song about how she has enjoyed getting to know the children and the wives, and how lovely everything is. That's what I would say. That's one of the sort of big songs from this, like "Whistle a Happy Tune." Getting to Know You and Shall We Dance, I think those are the songs that are the most well-known ones from yeah, this. And it was nice. like the songs where loads of people were on stage and joining in, and especially when the children were on stage. They were really charming, weren't they?
0: Yeah. It was lovely. Then there's the tap, Tim, and... I think he's called Lu Tang or Lao Tang or something. It's Lun Oh, okay.
1: Why did you ask me what it was if you've got it in know. front of you?
0: Because um, I couldn't find it. Outrageous. And so
1: they, they, sing they sing these really dramatic
0: ballads yeah. to each other, don't they? And then there's um, Louis and the Prince, a Puzzlement reprise. They're just thinking about how silly grown-ups are, aren't they? Yeah. Which is a fair point.
1: I think that yeah. sometimes too.
0: And then the. Do you want to talk
1: about the dramatic Prince?
0: What is there to say well, he about he was just always stomping around,
1: wasn't he? Like, everything he did was really excessive and... He had this like long jacket that came like down to his knees.
0: And he would swish it about and he dramatically,
1: it. like he was doing some sort of magic spell every time he went anywhere. It was funny. <laughs> I liked
0: it. No. Anna sings "Shall I Tell You What I Think of You," which is she's in her bedroom and she's fallen no. out with the king or something, and she's deciding to leave.
1: Yeah, but she's not actually singing it to him. It's no. pretend, isn't it? Yeah. And is that then when he calls her in because he wants her to help him with? planning for the visit of yeah. the british people
0: then there's something wonderful which is lady tiang, tiang who's yeah. chief wife well she's the prince's mum, so yeah yeah
1: probably head wife that's literally her job title he's like this is lady tiang she's head wife which i think is really funny
0: yeah she's like in charge of the other wives as well kind yeah. of it's quite a
1: it, how did you feel about that that thing of him having lots of wives is that something you were aware was a thing
0: no Not at the same time Like Henry VIII Oh like in Joseph those. Yeah Potiphar had
1: Wait no Who's the one who had those of wives Jacob
0: Yeah He had so many wives Joseph's
1: then... mother She was quite my favourite wife And I'm sure he's married to all these different wives at the same time
0: Yeah And then there's finale act one Okay we've got the end of act Named. one
1: Act one was quite long wasn't it The whole thing was quite long
0: There's the on track At yeah. the start of act two That's where they go <laughs> western people funny
1: that's what the wives sang that didn't they so there's quite a funny song where the wives are trying to dress themselves up like western women so with the big yeah. skirt and they've got the like complicated sort of corset and then like a big structure around the bottom half that's meant to hold the skirt out and they keep and they, getting
0: like stuck falling over and stuff because and of shoes it.
1: they don't usually wear shoes do they True. and they have to put the shoes on and they're all in absolute agony and they're yeah. singing about how weird it is that western people do all these things yeah and then there's like a comedy bit at the end where they accidentally flash someone because they're meant to be wearing lots of undergarments and they aren't
0: then there's <laughs> so funny i have dreamed which is lunta and Tim more again. dramatic singing in the woods then there's hello young lovers reprise i don't think it's in the woods well whatever. In the garden. There was like
1: fairy lights or something hanging garden. down, wasn't there? Oh yeah, okay, fine in the garden. The
0: scene is called the dining room and garden. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate okay, and it. <laughs> then there's oh, the small house of Uncle Thomas Ballet, which
1: did go on for a really long time. Like
0: I understand oh, the story. Eliza! Yeah. It was weird.
1: it was good though, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Like the way it was done. And I understood the, the story. The dancing
1: was really really impressive, obviously because these people are professional dancers. And it was obviously different to the rest of the show And they had like the big masks and stuff on Mm -hmm. And it was really clever It just felt like it went on for such a long time And my understanding is In the current production of Oklahoma That the dream ballet bit in the second half Goes on for about 15 minutes
0: Yeah So I'm guessing
1: That's just a thing that you In um, Schmigadoon there was a joke about it Wasn't there yeah. Where one of the main characters was all on her own and having a moment, and then someone turned up to do a dream and ballet. Like, no. And
0: she was like, no. Is this a dream ballet? No one likes a dream ballet. Then she just walks off.
1: Yeah, she just sent her away. She was like, No dream ballets, please. So it's a bit of a witty joke.
0: Song of the King is next. I don't know what that is. Me neither. Then there's Shall We Dance? Yeah. Shall We Dance? Where they literally
1: just dance. And if you watch the, the, paper, right, like the National Lottery music, shall thing,
0: fly?
1: if you watch the National Lottery musicals thing, which by the time this is on, will have been on about three years ago, they performed Shall We Dance on that and yeah. it's just a nice song and it, it's it's sort of the sort of culmination of them having a really nice friendship isn't it yeah which then they then fall out with each other straight after don't they
0: then the last song is I whistle a happy tune reprise but she, so they sing
1: Shall We Dance the, this is the king and Anna and he she kind of teaches him how to dance in the western style yeah so they start off like, waltzing about. I don't know, it's not waltzing, is it? Because it's faster than that, but doing sort of a kind of some kind of ballroom <laughs> dance. And she teaches him how to do it. And it's really nice. And there's this real sense of them being really good friends. And then they get interrupted because Tup Tim has been caught and the king's guards are going to whip her and Anna stands in the way. So you go from them being... The king and Anna being really close and having yeah. a really good relationship and very quickly it falls apart because he is... Like allowing his guards to torture Top Tim and she obviously thinks Top Tim should have been allowed to run away with Luntang Luntang her boyfriend yeah we'll just call him that since I can't get it right Anna thinks that should have been allowed to happen and so she's kind of absolutely horrified and then he spent this whole show trying to point out that he's not a barbarian and I think she called him a barbarian didn't she yeah so that's it they fell out she's like I'm going
0: I'm leaving that's what the prince would have
1: said (laughs) exactly she like swooshes her clothes and off she goes. So then we see her and Louis heading off again. And the idea is they i don't know where they're going. But she's done. And then and
0: they find out that the king's... they
1: find out that the king's dying. Oh. He got taken. I think she saw him like collapse at the end of the scene. Did she, or did that happen after yeah, she'd stormed no, off? She I can't saw remember. It. Anyway, they come back and they say, "You need to come back to him. He's dying." Was basically.
0: it her fault that he had? Uh...
1: Well. I suppose that's what you're led to believe, isn't it? Because he's not used to someone standing up to him and yelling at him and it caused him so much stress. I but don't, know how, is like, his don't know how old he's meant to be. We don't know if he had a pre-existing condition. The King's medical history is not made clear in the programme. No, we don't
0: see his medical records. So we that don't, his doctor doesn't
1: stand up and sing a song about the King's blood pressure. is he's not so great. His cholesterol too... is bad. That doesn't happen. That's an omission. That could have been another dream ballet where he's just like having his vitals taken. So Anna comes back and the king is in his bed surrounded by all of his family and they kind of make up with each other, don't they? Yeah. And then he's dying. The prince makes his big emotional crying speech.
0: I don't think people should bow.
1: He like teaches everyone to just like nod their heads bow and then the women can curtsy. Because before everyone had to get like right down on the ground, didn't they? Yeah. They're all like leaning down and then doing like what's that It's like yoga pose mm-hmm. it's like pose of a child or something in front of pose. the king yeah pose of a child and that's what it was called when I did yoga lessons Juno you know? and yeah and then the king dies and then the, the prince end. is the king and that's it <laughs> it was quite it was, that was a weird ending and she in that moment she sings whistle happy tune to them all doesn't she
0: yeah
1: to try and help them to the feel a bit better because the prince is
0: scared about being because he's king. really
1: young I think he's only meant to be like I don't know like 15 or something just pretty young to be king. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, so that's the show. That's it. I quite like going to see things like that. So, obviously, a lot of the stuff we go and see, like, it was the week after we'd seen Matilda and Frozen. And, it was the day after
0: Chitty Chitty Bang. Yeah,
1: but it's nice to kind of see the, the more sort of classical musicals as well. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, probably why you'd appreciate Les Mis more now than you did when you were six. I
0: did check I was
1: six. You're like six and a half. That's plenty old enough for lamers. Well, whatever.
0: It was in July 2019. I think there's
1: something quite nice about getting to go and see these older shows. And you can, there's a massive difference, isn't there? Like, what was the last thing we saw at the Alhambra? Bodyguard. Before this. So it's nice that there's such a breadth of different types of show that you can go and watch. I obviously still really want to see her close. No. Although that's not—that's obviously the songs, but it's not being done in the kind of classic style. So I do—I can't wait yeah, for my mum to see it that. Bleak. And tell me what she thinks. Well, I think do you it think was always she's quite. She's really going to
0: hate it. I think she—I think she might. I
1: said this to her when we saw her <gasps> didn't I? When this I think is out, possible. she probably
0: will have seen it.
1: I think she will, and we—I am going to want her to do us a little review. I think so she can tell us how it was because if I'm not going to get to see it, oh, we won't get to talk will about have
0: it. Hated it, I don't and know, then she that's might, good not. for me. <laughs> that's
1: funny that's harsh Uh maybe maybe they'll leave in the interval if they don't like it
0: who knows
1: in conclusion I really enjoyed seeing this again I did think in the first half that you were bored but you said you weren't bored I wasn't bored bored. it was just sort of there's a lot of politics at the start well not a lot but like when the king's, king's talking and he's explaining why it is that he wants us to come and teach English That part's perhaps a little bit dry. But I thought the guy who was playing the king, what was his name? I don't know. Darren Lee, I really, really liked him. I thought his, like, the energy that he brought to the role was really good. Every time he was on stage, he was like a presence that you wanted to watch because he was always moving. He was like playful, but also with this, like, anger within him that could be unleashed at any moment. But I thought his, the way he performed the king, it made him someone you could. Like, relate to is maybe the wrong word. But he was more engaging than I think he might have been. He wasn't just this, like, imperious, shouty figure. He was also really funny. And all the stuff where he keeps getting lower and lower down, so she has to get lower down. And she's just, like, rolling her eyes about it. That was really funny.
0: Yeah. I think they
1: really did a good job of bringing across the humour in that bit. So I think he was made a more sort of, like, human figure than perhaps. I don't know. I can't really remember in the film. I think maybe in the film he is a bit more like, oh, I'm the king. Whereas I thought this guy was awesome and like all the singing in the production was fantastic wasn't
0: it yeah really
1: really amazing quality having the orchestra we i love that obviously some of the things that we see don't have a full orchestra because it's not that sort of music but it's really nice to get to hear that it sounds kind of i'm going to use the word lavish again that's my big word for this episode obviously and
0: i still don't know what lavish means sort
1: of extravagant like, a lot of money has been spent on it to make it as sumptuous. Oh, that's another good word for this production. Ooh. Even though, like, I thought, looking at the costumes again, like, even you could see from where we were sitting, which was, like, row N or something in stalls. So, not that close, but we not that far You don't usually sit back. in the stalls. You don't usually sit in the stalls. I felt like you could see, like, the fabrics and everything in the costumes. They looked like the kind of thing you'd expect a royal family to wear. Like, they yeah. looked luxurious. I liked it. I just yeah. thought it was it was a nice thing yeah, to get it to a go and see, show. wasn't it? It was a really good... It's, it's I enjoyed it. It's not necessarily the show that we're going to say is our favourite musical, obviously, but the production of it was really nice. And I think with that sticking to the original version of it, I'm not sure... I, I think Oklahoma, obviously, is like ripe for a bit of revisionist production. I don't think The King and I is. I don't think you could do The King and I in 2023 and like set it in a more like modern environment or make it seem more modern or cutting edge. I just don't think... Because of that the like one, slavery okay. aspect of it, and the king having loads of wives, I suppose maybe you could set it in like a Mormon community because uh-huh. having loads of wives in some Mormon groups is fine, other than that, I don't think it'd really work, would it? No so if you've seen not. the King and I, and I know that some of our listeners have seen it or are seeing it very, Ooh, very soon ew. well, like we I saw it as a child, so my family have seen it. yeah and Eva's going to see it tomorrow.
0: loads of people are going yeah. to see it big show please comment yeah and let us know fort. what you think
1: the forts. Forts. forts let us know your forts. forts your your forts that you have built for yourselves in your garden in case of vikings attacking <laughs> make sure you've got a good viewpoint on all sides I wondered where this was Try going and build it on a hill Long if you can fort. do you remember in that episode of Engineers where they built a fort
0: Why are we talking about this for I oh do God. remember that but
1: love like... Engineers. what a show Mom. if you too love Engineers, let us know so that is the end that's all we've got time for today Thank you to listening. Thank you to me because I will, be, to I will be... Thank you to listening. I would usually say thank you to producer Matt and name him, but he,
0: I'm going to end up editing to this, are I? Thank you to producer so Katie. Thank you to
1: me for the effort that I will go into <laughs> cutting out all my stupid...
0: Um... Yes! And yeah,
1: so. sniff. Yes, though. So. And if you're listening, you're going to be thinking, well, you never do that. And that's because it takes hours to edit them all out. Yep. Cutting it out and it the nightmare. takes a while. Right, say goodbye, Juno.
0: Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye.